You're listening to The Fashion Detour, presented by J-Tribe. So I'm very excited because this week we have a special guest. Her name is Frida Rothman, and she is the CEO and designer of Frida Rothman Jewelry and Accessories. How are you today? Good, thank you. I'm excited to be on here. Yeah, um, I'm really glad to have you. And I'm really curious to know, what inspired you to start designing jewelry and creating your brand? So my family has been in the jewelry industry um, for over 35 years. Um, My father has been manufacturing sterling silver jewelry for many years. And I joined his company um, by doing private label and working with other designers about 15 years ago. And I was working with other designers. And while I was working with these other designers that their brands were sold in Barneys and Saks, I found that I was doing a lot of the work and I was doing a lot of designing. I'm an artist and I've always sketched and painted. And um, my husband really encouraged me to go and create my own label. And my own line obviously was a very scary thing to do. Um, But I started with my first collection about six years ago. Um, And in the first year, um, Nordstrom picked it up and opened the collection in 25 doors. And that gave me the confidence to go ahead and, you know, if the marketplace responds and you see that you have you have an item that the marketplace wants, uh, we went, I went ahead and, you know, that's really how, how it all started. Wow, that's amazing. And you said your grandfather worked with um, silver, you said? So it's my father, my father. Uh, he was always a sterling silver jewelry manufacturer. He actually still in the business. And he owns his own factory, and um, he primarily manufactures uh, private label for a lot of the majors, like the Targets of the World and Macy's and Walmart, under their own label. Um, so you won't really see his name, but he's doing the manufacturing for them. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the photos from your website that are showing your grandparents that went through mm-hmm. and survived the Holocaust. So. How have they influenced you? Thank you. So they are very, very much a part of my story, my grandparents. Um, For me, it's twofold. Um, Being a granddaughter of four Holocaust survivors and being able to share their story is really, really important to me. Um, There's a lot of people there forgetting what happened to them. And I grew up with it. I grew, grew up across the street from my grandparents. And they were probably the most optimistic, happiest people that I've ever known. Um, they are the strongest people that I know. Um, they were able to rebuild their lives in Brooklyn, um, find uh, beauty in Brooklyn uh, by, you know, sharing their heritage. Uh, we grew up, you know, in a religious atmosphere. They were able to um, not be afraid to wear a yarmulke and, and share their religious freedom with us. And I, you know, I really take the optimism. It's hard for me to find bad in people. I'm a very positive person and I see, I mean, it doesn't always work out best for me, but I see the best in everybody. Everybody's good. Everything's going to be great. Um, and I take that same optimism that my grandparents taught me and when and I use Brooklyn as my inspiration for my jewelry. So when you normally think of Brooklyn, you think of it as a very gritty place, or you know you don't think of it as a beautiful place. You think of it as high crime rate 
and uh, very dirty and not beautiful. So I love finding different places in Brooklyn um, that you normally wouldn't think is inspirational and translating that into a beautiful piece of jewelry. So we use the hashtag grit to glam, literally taking something. And the grittier for me, the better, and like showing you how you can take you can take that life lesson for yourself. You can be in the worst situation and turning that over and making your life beautiful. And the same, um, I like to use that element and bring my art into the jewelry um, through that um, grit to glam uh, inspiration. Well, I could definitely resonate with uh, what you described about your grandparents. I mean, I mm-hmm. have um, two of my grandparents survived the Holocaust. And mm-hmm. I think my grandmother, she, regardless of the situation, she just always had, um, like, a sense of humor about things. Mm-hmm. And, like, even I remember she used to, like, flirt with all the doctors in the hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I was like, so it didn't matter where she was. She was just like this, you know, she just had a lot of energy. And I feel like that definitely um, influenced me. And she was always mm-hmm. put together. So I feel like right. that, you know, that, that art might have been a little bit lost, like, over the years. Because if you think about these, you know, um, people that lived in Europe, I feel like their fashion sense was really amazing. You know, like, that whole art of the way that they dress. Um, but that's something else entirely. But I definitely can relate to your, you know, your your influence. And did any of your grandparents have an interest in fashion? So my grandmothers, I mean, they, and even my grandfather, oh my gosh, they were so well-dressed, so put together. And, you know, the the word that we use is balabatish. You know, they just were very European. They had this flair to them. They're, they were always bejeweled, always nicely dressed. My grandfather had a pair of shoes, I think, for 20 years. It looked like he bought it the year before. They took care of their things. Uh, the three-piece suits and the little watches and just everything about their style and their flair um, was was really amazing. I mean, I wish we could dress like that today. Um, but all of that, you know, all of that really inspired me to appreciate um, fashion. And it's, you know, how you feel when you get dressed and, you, you you know, you feel good about yourself. You feel happy when you're put together in a nice way. You might think it's a silly thing, but when someone is well-dressed and they, they automatically, they're, they're their mood level goes up. They just feel better about themselves and they're ready to like conquer the world. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And also what you were saying about the aesthetic of your brand. So is it really that you're, tr- you're taking the, you, like you said, the grittiness and infusing it mm-hmm. with glam? Is there some inspiration from like anywhere from, you know, traditional or more like, are you taking any inspiration from the past? Or is it? It's no. it's it's my collection is primarily a mixed metal, more of a gritty look. Um, the inspiration I like to say is t- obviously it's taken from Brooklyn, but it is kind of classic with a twist. Um, I like to take like I do a lot of hoop earrings, but it's not your traditional hoop. I always like to keep it very classy, but put an interesting detail on it. Um, and that kind of goes throughout the whole collection. But I am known for my mixed metal looks. Like if you can see my pieces anywhere, you'll. it's so important to me that you're able to identify it. And it speaks to the brand. Um, and the reason I use a lot of the darkened metals is, first of all, I like to take 
the grittiness of Brooklyn. So think of like the black top of New York City in the streets. I like to use some texture in the black rhodium. And when you put a darkened rhodium, I like to compare it to eyeliner. When you're applying eyeliner on your eye, your eyes immediately pop. Um, same goes for that darkened metal. You put any stones against the darkened rhodium, and all of the stones, if you're using gold pave or silver, just immediately come to life. So that mixed metal is really my uh, signature aesthetic. And I know this is a hard question, but what are your favorite pieces from each of your collections? So I'm going to go with my signature uh, double-sided pendant necklace. The reason I choose that as my favorite is because um, the versatility of it. It's I love that it's double-sided and you can wear it. You know, you're feeling a little more dressed up. You wear it on the more pave side. And if you want to wear it a little more dressed down, you'll probably see me wearing that necklace every day. But my favorite part of that necklace is that that necklace truly stands for my story. And you see the design influences in the pendant. So on one side of the pendant, you have a crisscross design, which is directly related to these train tracks that are right outside my office in Industry City. And I walk, I walk across these tracks every day when I park my car in the lot. I walk across and I'm like, hmm, these tracks are here dating back from the 1800s. I mean, you can kind of say that it goes back in time. But how can I take these crisscross tracks and put that into a piece of jewelry? So I do a lot of the, that crisscross design in a lot of my pieces. And you literally see that. Uh, in the pendant itself and then you flip it to the other side and you have all that black texture that you you think of when you think of you know the street top in New York uh, or anywhere in New York Brooklyn New York City and you you have that on the flip side so to me it's it's literally taking that grit to glam on that pendant um, and being able to see how you can find beauty in places that you normally wouldn't find it and it's just a really great um, pendant to wear, easy to throw it on over your head. It's long enough that you don't have to open the clasp. Um, so that has quickly become one of my favorite pieces. Wow, and and really, you know, you can look at it and you just, I mean, it's amazing that as a designer, you know, you know, what what is behind that piece. So it's very personal to you, but it's definitely nice to hear, you know, from your perspective, what, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. What the I, yeah, I recently had a uh, an event in um, Illinois, and a woman came over to me, and after I shared my inspiration and my story, she uh, was not a Jewish woman, and she said, you know, I am a history teacher in um, a public school, and uh, one of the subjects I teach is about the Holocaust, and I she bought the pendant, she owned the pendant, and she said, I'm going to tell my students that this pendant was designed by a granddaughter of Holocaust survivors, and the inspiration is based on Brooklyn, uh, based on optimism and strength, and she literally had tears in her eyes. She was so moved uh, that she's able to think of my grandmothers whenever she wears that pendant, and I was so moved that I was able to accomplish exactly what I'm trying to accomplish by spreading the word uh, of what my grandparents went through and how they overcame it, um, and as well as her understanding, uh, you know, what I was trying to portray in this piece of jewelry. So it was a really beautiful moment. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I also read that um, you are part of the Accessories Innovation Committee. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? So the Accessories Innovation Committee is a committee that was started under um, the guidance of the Accessories Council. I don't know if you're familiar with the Accessories Council. Um, it's a not-for-profit group that has members um, that are designers in, in, in the accessories categories. It can be handbags, eyewear, um, jewelry, 
And they're really there to support and help uh, brands that are just starting out, some that are younger, some that are older. Um, you have very famous big brands that are members, and um, they're really there to assist you and help make you successful. Now, the Innovation Committee was started more for millennial brands, newer, younger brands um, that can actually have mentors. They felt that they were missing that piece of it through the Accessories Council because people ask questions all the time, but they want a direct relationship with these young brands. Um, so there's about six of us on the committee, and we come from all different backgrounds. Um, some excel in um, cold weather accessories. Some excel in uh, the field of, you know, everybody comes with their expertise of e-commerce. One comes from wholesale. And um, every six months, we change uh, the mentees um, that we mentor. But mentoring these young designers, not only do they learn from me, but I also learn a lot from them. Um, and it's all part of my giving back to, um, to again, I, I like to say to, even to this country that was so good to my family. And to um, if I can help somebody and past mistakes that I have made, and I can teach them and educate them, uh, it just really makes me happy if I'm able to put them 10 steps forward instead of them having to wait a full year. They're just, you know, and, and leading their own path and uh, helping them has been, you know, really, uh, I, I, I really love doing it and I love being part of um, this young committee. Yeah, and do you feel like you had people like yourself to mentor you when you were going No, I did not. I did not and I wish I had. <laughs> I wish I had people like me because my motto in the office, and everybody knows this, is that you learn from your mistakes. Um, I have made so many mistakes, and I have said so many stupid things that I wish I never would have said, or somebody would have told me, you know, like, you don't say this to a buyer, or you don't do certain things. You make those really silly mistakes, and you know, especially if they're super bad, you know never to do that again. Um, but I've learned, I've learned, and, you know... I'm just a base Yaakov girl. I, you know, I've learned through my experiences. I wish I would have had uh, a mentor. Um, you know, my father, I was able to bounce some questions off of him, but his world really is not the world of luxury. So, and, you know, and fashion. So it really was very different. Um, but if, if somebody can get a mentor, it doesn't matter what field they're in, it really saves a lot of um, time and energy for whatever it is that you're building. Yes, definitely. And, I mean, I even see that in my field. I do, uh, I'm a special ed teacher. And mm -hmm. I just think that, I don't know if people, some people I feel like they don't ask enough questions, like they're, but then they're not that type of personality where they're not going to just go and ask, you know, someone that they need, oh, you know, can you help me out with this? Or can you explain how this works? Or, you know, even though it's a totally different field, but, you know, which agencies do I work for? How do I go through this whole process? If anyone ever asks me, I'm always like, here, take these are like five people. You can call them. You can say I sent them, you know, I sent you to them. I just want to kind of like spread the information. Like, why should people be in the dark? So... I I understand. I think it's a really impressive thing that you're doing. Thank you. And the the challenges that you face as a designer and as a business owner, um, can you describe some of those? Um, they come up every single day. 
um, you, I feel like the skills of being a mother, I'm a mother of four children too, definitely come into play when you're running a business as well. Um, there are challenges every single day. Um, on a, on a, on a, I have challenges on a CEO level and I have challenges on a designer level. On a designer level, um, probably the biggest challenge is um, designing a collection that you think will sell and, you, you know, your customers will appreciate and want to put into their stores. So that is probably the biggest fear. Um, and every time a new season launches, I'm always like, oh, my goodness, like I hope this is going to be um, as successful as the last or people are going to love it and understand my uh, ideas behind it and my inspiration. So that really is on a designer level and, of course, getting my designs in on time where I make it to market, I have to start designing about a year and a half in advance. Um, so that's always a struggle to get that in on time and make sure that um, I have it ready for market. And it's as beautiful in my mind to the paper uh, to actually come into real life. So that's more on a design level. You know, some of the challenges that you face as a designer, and interestingly, I mean, you have plenty of options. I mean, I don't know how you think of so many different accessories and I mean there's so there's so much like you have so much so many different collections I feel like there's something for everyone which is mm -hmm. which is really amazing and so specifically I love your signature all over pave pointed hoop earrings what are other good options for women who love something simple and sh so I have some beautiful um classic pave stacking bracelet. Um, but of course, I like when it's added with that mixed metal with the black rhodium. So stacking some of the thin pave bracelets, just five of them or three of them is a beautiful, very classic look. Um, I also have these skinny little pave rings in multiple colors that you can stack along with other stacking rings. Um, and of course, within the um, signature collection for earrings, um, we have a really beautiful hoop program where you can get hoops in many different sizes. I feel like everybody can use a great hoop, um, but it's interesting that you chose the pointed hoop earring. Um, it happens to be that an oval-shaped earring is very flattering to a lot of women's faces. So that usually works for everybody. Some people are like, oh, my face is not a hoop face, but when they put that pointed oval, um, it's a very flattering look. Wow, so you really think of everything. And I mean, I'm I extremely crazily detail oriented. Every single piece of jewelry is finished, like inside workmanship, outside workmanship, how it closes, the closure, the post, everything is like extremely detailed. Wow. And you have four children. I, that's just, you know, mind boggling. I, I also have four <laughs> kids, so I can relate. Um, and, uh, so you recently won an award, the Centurion mm -hmm. Design Award for designer jewelry for mm -hmm. the Fleur Bloom collection. So what are your favorite pieces from that collection? So the Fleur Bloom collection, just so you understand the inspiration um, behind that collection, it is not these little tiny buds uh, on the pieces. And again, it's taking that Finding Beauty in Brooklyn. So I get really happy when I look out the window and I have these little petals starting to come to life when it's springtime. And I'm like, okay, there's something really exciting coming. Spring is coming. And I said, how can I put that into a collection? Um, so I went ahead and did these little buds in the matte gold combined with this beautiful feminine stone of Mother of Pearl. Um, and that collection came out so special. And it's so, again, so dear to me because I love the story behind it. 
um, I, I love, there's a, a round um, mother of pearl, flat mother of pearl pendant that's about 16 to 18 inches with a link, and it has these little buds on the bottom of it. That's probably one of my favorite pieces from that specific collection. But really the story behind it is what, is what really um, is very special. Yeah, and I mean, I looked at the collection, and I happen to, I'm not really an overly, um, I don't love florals usually, and sometimes I just feel like it's a little too, you know, I just kind of like a little bit of, like, I love feminine, but I like a little bit of an edge to it, but the your collection, the Flora Bloom collection, just, I think it has that perfect um, balance of those two things, because it doesn't come off as too, I can't, I don't even know what the word is, like, not too youthful, or it's just, it's just the perfect, um, you still have that, like, uh, delicate floral aspect to it, but it still looks mm -hmm. sophisticated, so mm -hmm. it's really pretty. Thank you. And also, another example of one of your amazing pieces is the Oval Eternity Hinged Bangle. Which mm -hmm. has a modern edge and it's also timeless. So, how do you balance those two? So that really is same thing. I like to take something classic and put a little twist to it. Um, on the oval attorney hinge bangle, the stack one, um, it has that beautiful um, oval pave in it, and again, combining that texture of black rhodium, so that pave really pops against that background and. Again, you can wear that every day as a single bangle and stack more bangles for more of an evening look. Um, and I just love the versatility of that bracelet. And you have a whole feature on your website about how to stack the bracelet, which actually mm -hmm. I think is very smart because I don't know about other people out there, but I have a very hard time, you know, putting... When it comes to jewelry, fashion I don't mm -hmm. have such a hard time with. <laughs> right. For some reason, you know, jewelry I'm always like, well, I don't know. Can I mix these metals? Can I, like, is, is the, you know, the bracelet too much with the rings? Does it go together? So how did you come up with that? For exactly the reason you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's just easier for if I keep the assortment tight um, and kind of help you with how you would start your stack. We do also a beautiful image of shop the look. So we can make it even tighter for you and show you like how I would style certain bracelets together and how I would stack it. And you can literally just buy the whole look. Um, or you can create your own look. And I feel like people like to show their individuality to create their own stack and like, oh, I wonder how this would look. Um, something uh, really nice to do is also taking some bracelets and then adding um, some chunky links to add more dimension to the stack. So it's always fascinating to me how people create their stack, and it's, it's really pretty how it all just works together at the end. And don't ever be afraid to mix your metals, the silver, the gold. Uh, it just brings out your individuality uh, of not being afraid to mixing colors and, and, and platings. Um, it just it, it looks really beautiful, and, and I'm always like, show your personal style. But we do. We try to make it easy for the customer. I try to keep her in mind. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's always like that element of you're a little bit afraid to step out of your comfort zone or, 
I think it's a good, you're, you're the, the, you know, the, the feature showing you how to stack them, it's a good stepping stone for someone to just start, you know, okay, this is how I can do, build it, and then they can add on to it, hopefully. Exactly, so, exactly. And if you could recommend one piece of jewelry to a customer that's new to your brand, what would that be? So I would always start with the signature studded Eternity Hinge Bangle. It actually comes in... Um, multiple colorways. It comes in the black and gold, it comes in the black and white, and vice versa. And it also has beautiful colors in the center stone. So it's the perfect scale. It's not too wide. It's not too thin. So it's a great starter bracelet. And then you can just build your stack around that. And, I mean, I happen to be a earring girl. I, mm -hmm. I just always gravitate towards earrings. Your industrial finish gradient drop earrings are really beautiful. Um, Thank you. And what what are what's the inspiration behind those earrings? I love talking about that earring again. I like to, to take pieces that you clearly see the inspiration. Um, so that was literally taken from the cobblestone streets um, in Industry City where I work. Um, <laughs> don't try to walk on it with high heels because you will fall. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I literally took those cobblestones and uh, created that into a mother of pearl stone. And then I framed it with black stone around it. And you, you can clearly see that in the earring. Um, and that's also part of that Grit to Glam campaign, um, taking something that you normally wouldn't think to use in a piece of jewelry and making it into something beautiful. Wow. I, I, I'm kind of thinking right now just about how, you know, in Judaism, that concept of how you elevate the physical into something spiritual. So I don't know if that's the right metaphor right now, but it just, that's what crosses my mind as you talk about it, because that's, you know, you might not be elevating it to a spiritual level, but you're taking a materialistic thing and you're putting more meaning behind it, which is really beautiful. Thank you. And in terms of your personal style, how do you pair your pieces with your outfit? So I'll tell you, I really think that everything um, goes with everything. Um, like I said before, I'm not afraid to mix it up. Um, but I try to, I love doing an all gold look um, with, with white um, or with um, grays. It looks really pretty with that. Um, I, li I tend to dress more, very similar to my design aesthetic for jewelry is classic with a twist. Um, I get asked a lot of times what I'm wearing, where I bought it. Um, but I definitely give that credit to my mother because she's a great dresser and she has a great personal style. Um, but, you know, mixing my bangle stack, you'll always see me with that. Lately, I've been living in the signature uh, reversible pendant necklace, um, and I feel like it goes with everything. But the darkened rhodiums and the black rhodium especially, I mean, I don't think there's any color outfit that it doesn't go with. Um, again, it has a beautiful... When you have a dark fabric and you put it against a dark fabric, again, it really pops. Um, but the all gold is also beautiful in the all matte gold. And then I have these beautiful pieces that have just color in it, like these, these gorgeous earrings that's framed in gold that has a green stone in it. So if you're just wearing like a little black dress to a wedding and you want an earring that has an amazing pop of color, I usually suggest something that has um, the green in it or the blues or have these gorgeous turquoise pieces that really stand out. Yeah, you just named all my favorite colors. <laughs> no, but I just, I love jewel tones. And um, and even, for example, your Midnight Pave cocktail ring with those, like, mm -hmm. 
deep blue stones are, you know, it's a, it's a gorgeous ring. And, you know, I just think that it's uh, something, I mean, do you think you could wear that piece with as an everyday piece or is that something just reserved for a special, a special occasion? So I'll tell you, I mean, women ask me that all the time and I'm always like, it really depends on you. If you are somebody that likes to get dressed up, you can wear that piece every day. Um, I'm usually in heels. I'm usually dressed up. So for me, that is something that I would wear every day. But it is, it was designed with holiday in mind. So I, that's really the only time of year I get to kind of go crazy and make pieces that are really fancy and really glamorous um, as opposed to like the day-to-night um, kind of jewelry. Um, so it is a more of an elevated, elegant, um, gorgeous pave work. The workmanship on those pieces are magnificent and rows and rows of pave set in black rhodium, which makes that, that color blue so rich that the, the way the stones catch the light, the collection is magnificent. It's actually almost sold out. Um, it was just brought in for the holiday. It's a limited edition collection, but it came out magnificent. It's the first time I did like an all blue Mave um, collection. Oh no! So we better hurry on over and get some yeah, of that's, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's almost gone. That's almost gone. <laughs> so and moving along from the jewelry, which is magnificent, you started. I see you have handbags and sunglasses as well. So what pushed you to start designing accessories? So really, it was a natural extension to what I'm currently doing. I feel like it's the same woman that um, would wear my jewelry because I have a very signature um, matte finish that I use. Um, it's really the same woman. It goes so well together. If you pair the sunglasses with the handbags and you're wearing a stacked bangle wrist or you're wearing a layered necklace look, that aesthetic and that style just works so well together. Um, it usually is a very classy lady and, um, you know, she, she wants her look to tie all together through her accessories. Um, and it was just really, you know, just an extension of, of the jewelry assortment. And my handbag factory um, sources the jewelry from my jewelry factory itself, and they work together. And the actual jewelry elements that you see on the bags was made by jewelry factory. So, um, which is kind of rare. You usually have the metal pieces. The handbag factory will source it, but they work together, and um, it's the same workmanship and the same quality. Wow, so you're getting a little bit of both in one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You really are. And I wanted to t take a very smooth, clean leather palette. That's why the bags are really simple. And I wanted the jeweler to stand out. And even the hardware that's used on the bags itself have that same signature matte gold that I love to use in the jewelry. Yes, and I did notice the, the neutral palette, which I love. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. would you say, how do you see, for example, pairing your Empire Pink leather bag with an outfit? So I actually lived in the Empire Pink uh, maiden bag, when, especially I just came back from Israel. I love that little, like, bright color. Um, I wouldn't wear it normally throughout the winter, but I would wear it more in spring, summer. Um, I love the contrast, and I love bringing that bright ray of pink in there. So um, Yeah, and, you know, this, season I did see a lot of pastels making their way through like mm -hmm. for example I know I mean I saw it all over but even now I've been eyeing this Banana Republic lavender wool coat 
Um, mm-hmm. And I saw recently someone do a whole monochromatic look where, like, you know, one color. So really, if someone wanted, they could wear your, you know, pink bag with an all pink, like a, a, a beautiful sweater, a cashmere sweater, and a pencil skirt. And, you know, that would, I think, look amazing as well. So there's definitely that option. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite handbag? So it's interesting that you called out. I have been living uh, with the Maidens, and that's actually uh, one of our top sellers because of the size of it. It's a great for your phone and for your credit card. The price point's great. It's $195. Um, that is the bag that I gift uh, all of my friends on their birthdays. Everybody waits for the little Maiden bag. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just very easy crossbody. You barely feel it. Um, I've been wearing that one a lot. The Lexington is also one of our top sellers. And um, I've also now in the winter with a chunkier, so the, ma- the smaller bags I've been wearing in the summer um, when, you know, I'm not wearing heavier coats. But now that I'm wearing a coat, I've been wearing the bleaker bag, which is also a crossbody. Um, I like it that it has a little more weight. And I feel like I need to put more things in my bag now that it's the winter. I don't know why. Maybe it's a pair of gloves or um, I just need more space in the winter. So I tend to go a little bigger um, for my bag in the wintertime. Yeah, and I mean, I'm the type of girl that if I, I usually wear, I try as much as possible to wear one bag all year round. I don't know how mm-hmm. it ends up working. <laughs> I don't know if it works out for me or not, but I just need something that I can, you know, that's kind of seasonless. But mm-hmm. somehow, I think nowadays it's a little more, you're able to get away with more in fashion. So even if it's, mm-hmm. you know, even though I do love like a, I love a black, you know, a black leather bag, um, Somehow I think I managed to incorporate the different color bags and, um, you know, into my wardrobe. So, and I, I know that, like we said before, the handbags have have a jewelry detail. So when you're putting the, the jewelry detail into your handbags, does it make it harder to manufacture? Well, the process is a longer process um, because the two factories kind of have to work together. Um, so normally a regular leather bag without any jewelry elements on it, the manufacturing period time for me would be about six to eight weeks. But now that they have to wait uh, for the jewelry elements to arrive, it's about a three-month process. Wow. And Mm -hmm. moving on to your sunglasses, so for example, Mm -hmm. I loved your Beacon sunglasses. They have a gray tortoise frame with 14-karat gold, matte gold hardware, so which styles do you recommend for different face shapes? So I'll tell you, there isn't a specific rule book, you know. Um, I think you with sunglasses or eyeglasses especially, I'm sure, you know, if you wear glasses or your optical, you really have to try it on. It really looks different on everybody. Um, somebody, you'll see their face and you'll be like, oh, this frame will look perfect. And it doesn't necessarily fit their their either their nose or their cheekbones or something like that. Um, I like the oversized frames, especially for older women. I feel like at that point in their life, they just want to cover their eyes, and it's like instant glamour. They put it on like, oh, it's like your movie star immediately. So I always say, go with the more oversized if you're trying to cover something. Um, and uh, and for the younger ones, I like a smaller like a smaller frame um, that kind of 
frames your face. Um, but I think it's such a personal thing. Um, and, you know, even when people ask me, what should I gift people? I would never say gift someone a pair of sunglasses because you really need to try it on and see how it looks on you. My first gift advice is either a small little maiden bag or um, a necklace um, as opposed to an earring. An earring I find to be very personal as well. Yeah, it's true. And especially now that we're getting into that season with the holidays coming up, so that's really important to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you have a new collection coming out? So the, the collection that I just launched was the holiday. That was the freshest newest collection. Um, and uh, I think uh, this month, or maybe it's December, I have to check my calendar again, but we are launching a new belt bag. Um, that's a big trend right now. Everybody wants to be hands-free where they can um, use their phones or hold their children or for whatever reason, they don't want to be busy holding their bag or even schlepping it on one shoulder. They want just something that's free and easy to use. So I have a gorgeous uh, belt bag that's launching in the next couple of weeks, so definitely look out for that. And um, and jewelry collection, um, I'm adding some new signature styles, which is something that we only do twice a year. Um, because we really let those styles live a long life. Uh, so you'll be seeing some new additions to that um, in the beginning of 2020. Wow. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, the, the belt bag, is it something you could wear on, on top of your coat? Um, you can wear it on top of your coat. You can wear it under your coat. You can even remove um, the bag itself and wear it just as a belt. It's a really pretty belt, too. Um, so it's really versatile. Um, and you can make it smaller and bigger to fit whatever it is that you're wearing and whatever your waist size is. Um, and it's really beautiful. I just did it in the black. Black tends to be our number one uh, spelling color. Um, and it has uh, that uh, crisscross design on the bag with this beautiful pave disc uh, for the snap. So look out for it. It's not online yet, but it will be exclusive to fr.com. Uh, and I'm excited for it to launch. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> and <laughs> Thank you. Me too. I know I have like lines of people waiting for it already, um, whoever I've shown like a picture of the sample. So I'm very excited for our, our uh, inventory to arrive. Yeah. And especially for like, you know, women on the go that they just, exactly. you mm-hmm. know, that would be great. So, in terms of modest fashion, what do you think about it? Where do you think, do you think there are improvements that could be made? What do you think about that? So I absolutely believe that there's been um, such a great movement in modest fashion. And, and I travel, you know what's interesting? Um, I travel all across the country and people always say, oh, you dress so beautifully, you dress so beautifully. And sometimes I'm like, I don't even think I'm wearing anything so special. But I think being modest and being a tenua is something that you don't normally see. Um, so when you see it or when they see it, they're like, something's different, something special about the way she's dressing. Um, so you can't really pinpoint it, but I think being modest is so is, is a lot more attractive and you, you really do look more beautiful. I mean, just to me. And But everything, I mean, all around us, it's not just, you know, in our own religious circles. It's all over. Pe- women have uh, become more modest. Um, I think the Me Too movement plays a role in that as well, that you're not special, important just because of your body. You can cover up. It's okay. Um, you know, you're a smart woman. You're a strong woman. Um, those are the things that we should be focusing on. Um, but as far as, you know, within our own um, community, I uh, strongly uh, applaud all of these um, young mothers, 
uh, that are in fashion, and I know what it takes. And I think that that uh, angle of that industry just growing, we're just going to get better at it uh, and and get better fabrics and better quality and workmanship. But we, you know, at least we're starting somewhere, and and we keep getting better and better and more innovative. Um, and the power of a, a mother of a woman um, who multitasks and is able to do everything and run our businesses and do all that is uh, we really are the unsung heroes. We don't even realize how much we do in one day. It's, it's unbelievable. And Shabbos and Yantiv and everything that goes along with it, it's truly inspiring. Yeah. It's, I mean, nowadays women just don't stop. So, you know, they, they, they have their work life, stop. they come home, they have their, their, you know, their kids, their family. It's just, um, but, but they're getting things done. Non-stop. They're getting done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are your goals for the future of your brand? So my ideal goals would be is to share um, the story of strength um, and optimism um, that my grandparents taught me, uh, ideally, and uh, to spread their message. Um, to women across the country and really really that we can if we really want to we can find beauty in unexpected places Um, and every and like what does strength mean to you Um, I will be speaking uh, December 10th at West Point um, because the message of strength can mean so many different things to so many different people and the message that I'll be bringing really is what I have learned um, from my grandmothers who were literally their families were wiped out in the gas chambers. It doesn't really get worse than that. But how they were able to turn around and and be optimistic um, and raise beautiful families and show us love and teach us about uh, our heritage, our beautiful heritage that we have, and show us the beauty in our heritage, not to be, oh, it's so hard and I have to keep kosher and I have to keep Shabbos and all those things. No, finding the beauty in life and, and being optimistic. So that is really my goal for the future, if I can share that message of hope and optimism through my art um, and through my jewelry design. It would really be my honor. Well, thank you so much for sharing your inspirations and your family history. It was, you know, it was really touching, and I think that everyone out there definitely is going to find a part of that that they connect with. So thank you so much. Thank you so coming. much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And I hope that everybody was able to learn something today. Definitely. Thank you. It was such an honor to be able to interview Frida Rothman. And she has been so gracious to give my listeners a 10% off discount code. So please head on over to Frida Rothman on her website. That's F-R-E-I-D-A. Rothman, R-O-T-H-M-A-N.com, FridaRothman.com. She has some beautiful pieces inspired by the city of Brooklyn. And you can use the discount code FridaFirst, F-R-E-I-D-A, first, F-I-R-S-T. So FridaFirst for your 10% off discount code. And enjoy. Have a great week and a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.